This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. It's October 3rd. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got four briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, funding for the war in Ukraine is causing a lot of political drama this morning in Washington, D.C. That's because some politicians really want a lot more additional funding and some don't. But a report from the Biden White House says that we might want to rethink at least some of that foreign aid all because of corruption. Details shortly. Second, grab your maps because we are off to a tiny group of islands this morning off the coast of India. We'll talk about how an election over the weekend there impacts our military here and our battle with China. Third, buses full of illegal migrants are on their way to various cities throughout the country this morning. Upwards of 10,000 migrants a day, actually. But we've got fresh reporting that these migrants are not the asylum seekers that they claim to be. Fourth, an update for you to the brief that I gave you last week on why fuel prices are going up, especially for diesel. Unfortunately, more bad news on that, but I'll share it with you so we can start preparing now. Later, I've got three great questions and answers about the big transition that I announced yesterday about the right report, and it includes this answer. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, paid subscribers can still listen on their preferred platforms, places like Apple. I'm going to clarify that and how that works a little bit later. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. The war in Ukraine is causing all sorts of political drama this morning in Washington, D.C., and that is in no small part because of this. The U.S. government has paid out $74 billion to Ukraine for military budget and humanitarian support. That is up from $66 billion just a couple of weeks ago. And that is causing a lot of political strife in Washington, D.C. It started over the weekend. As most of us know, the U.S. government was facing a shutdown and the bill that passed to keep the operations going. Well, it stripped out funding for Ukraine. And that has led to all sorts of political intrigue and fighting and drama. For instance, Joe Biden started working the phones with international leaders, assuring them that more U.S. aid would be coming. Meanwhile, on Capitol Hill, most U.S. senators share Mr. Biden's desire to give more cash to Ukraine. For instance, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham has said that funding for Ukraine should be tied to funding for the uh, U.S. border. In other words, those two are of more or less equal importance. But in the U.S. House of Representatives, well, officials there are not as impressed or inclined. That is especially true of a group of about 10 to 20 Republicans who say not one more penny for President Zelensky. Now, beyond those 20 or so, support is a bit more mixed in the House. For instance, fellow Republican and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has said that he doesn't want to give Ukraine a blank check, but he is open to giving more. And that is leading to accusations this morning that he made some sort of secret deal with Mr. Biden and Democrats to draft a new bill at some point this week that would, in fact, offer up billions more for Ukrainian aid. 
Now, for the record, Speaker McCarthy denies that this is true, but Joe Biden actually suggested yesterday that, yeah, there is some sort of secret deal. And that is making a lot of folks angry on Capitol Hill, especially those 10 to 20 Republicans. Indeed, one has announced that he's going to try to remove Mr. McCarthy from the speakership, and a vote to do so will happen this week. In other words, folks, we've got a fine mess this morning over war funding in Ukraine, all on back there in Washington, D.C. My goodness. But absent in this fight, ladies and gentlemen, is something that I think is pretty important and should be a part of the conversation. And here it is. Ukraine is deeply corrupt. At least that is according to the Biden White House. Indeed, so corrupt that unless President Zelensky cracks down on that corruption, future aid will likely be in jeopardy. Now, if that comes as somewhat of a surprise, I understand. This report that I'm referring to has not been published widely. Indeed, it's uh, based on a leaked assessment uh, from Biden's State Department that was reported uh, yesterday morning by the outlet Politico. So in this assessment, the State Department says that economic aid to Ukraine could be held back because of this issue of corruption. Meanwhile, they said that military assistance probably should continue to flow regardless. Now, I should note that this comes on top of previous reports from both the State Department and Pentagon that tracking aid once it gets inside of Ukraine is difficult to impossible. In fact, they know that some of our aid from military gear to cash has just been outright stolen. Well, part of the reason for that, according to the Biden administration, is that they don't have a, well, a series of proper auditing teams on the ground in Ukraine, which, to be fair, they say they are trying to fix. In fact, a team from the Pentagon landed in Ukraine over the weekend to start their auditing process. So we shall see how that goes. So that's the latest out of Washington, D.C. this morning, as our political class is is in a pretty deep fight over war funding. And at the end of the day, their political futures. And speaking of, let me pivot away from facts and data to my analysis and opinion on this information this morning. Actually, let's start with your opinion. Polls out over the past couple of months show that you all think that we have already given too much aid to Ukraine. One from CNN shows that about 55% of us say no more aid. Meanwhile, uh, 45% say, actually, no, we should keep the spigot open and flowing. Interestingly, the split there is most likely or most due to rather the fact that Democrats are more likely to support more war aid than Republicans. But whatever your view of this might be, here is what I think is pretty remarkable. A conversation about corruption in Ukraine and, of course, our aid, well, that should be a bipartisan concern. Because as the State Department is now saying this morning, it is very much a real concern. It is important. And yes, we should be talking about it, irrespective of whether we are a Republican or Democrat or whether we want more aid or less. So I would offer to you that if this issue of corruption moves you, you can find the link to the State Department report in the transcripts and you can send that to your senator or representative at either House.gov or Senate.gov and ask that they read it and heed it. More to come. With that, we turn to our second report of the morning. Grab your maps because we are off to a tiny group of islands this morning off the coast of India. And we are heading there because of a recent election that impacts our military and our battle with China. So looking at our maps, if you look just south of India, you will see a country that is called the Maldives. It's about 200 little islands that make up a nation of about 400,000 people. It's got a very fascinating history full of people around the world fighting over who owns those little islands. First, the Indians and the Sri Lankans got there, then the Portuguese 
then the British, and then in 1965, they got their independence. And for the bat, well, the next 30 years, one guy was effectively the dictator, but then in 2005, they passed some reforms and they tossed that guy out. Since then, they've had two camps of politicians in what is a Muslim-dominated country. One group has desired a close relationship with India, and the other wants to draw close to China. Well, over the weekend, there was a presidential election that pitted those two groups against each other, and the winner was the pro-China guy. The new president, named Mohammed Mawiz, campaigned on his slogan called India Out. In other words, get New Delhi out of their backyard, and voters apparently agreed. For what it's worth, Mr. Mawiz has a very long history of supporting China and their interests in his country. So, as you would imagine, Beijing is very happy this morning. But there's another group that is not quite as happy, and that is the U.S. Pentagon. And here's why. So if we look at our maps, if we head south of the Maldives, deep into the Indian Ocean, you are going to see this name, British India Ocean Territory. Right? The Brits have held firm control over the islands and the atolls in this area since 1814. But one island, or atoll actually, is of very in great importance to us. It's called Diego Garcia. And that is because Diego Garcia is often called the unsinkable aircraft carrier. And that's because it's got fresh water, livable conditions, and both a port for a Navy and a runway for Air Force operations. And that is why America has, in fact, operated a base there since 1968, flying both uh, covert and overt missions into Asia, the Middle East, and Africa. Well, now Diego Garcia has this new neighbor to the north, this Chinese-friendly politician, plus... It's got another bad neighbor to the far west. It's a country called Mauritius in Africa. And they have long claimed that they own the British India Ocean Territory. And they might actually win that argument. The British government and the Biden White House are considering whether or not to give back some or all of this territory. And that would include Diego Garcia, again, to the folks in Mauritius. The one complicating factor to this, though, is that the U.S. has a lease on this Diego Garcia through the year 2036. Again, of course, with the U.K. government. But after that, the Brits might turn that little island nation, as it were, those series of atolls and islands, over to Mauritius. And if you're wondering what Mauritius might do with these little atolls and islands, well, here's a clue. Mauritius is led by a party called the Militant Socialist Movement, or MSM. So those are the facts and data this morning on a series of islands very far away that could impact us right here at home. Let me now pivot briefly to my analysis and opinion. And here's the upshot. We can safely assume that the militant socialist movement party would probably have an affinity for China. And in fact, they do. So that means that Beijing would probably get access to, to uh, Diego Garcia, and that would connect their base that they got in Africa, it's called in the country of Djibouti, to their operations in Asia would serve as a very lovely little lily pad to hop all the way over. In other words, folks, as ever, China continues to rise and outplay us all around the world, but we might still be able to hold on to uh, Diego Garcia, but we will need a change of leadership in the White House. That's just how she goes. More to come. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you for my other loyal listeners and equal thanks. And enjoy the following messages, remembering that if you don't hear my voice telling you about a product or service, then I do not endorse it. We'll be right back.
Folks, you know that here on The Right Report, we talk about the mix of economic signals in America that suggest that things aren't great. Inflation remains high, interest rates too, and debt levels for both the government and consumers alike, whew, at record highs. So if you add all that up, that is financial risk, ladies and gentlemen, for people like you and me. So if you have been considering ways to diversify your investments and lower those risks, you ought to consider gold and silver and consider American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts. All it takes to get started, folks, is a short phone call. They will show you how to protect your portfolio with physical gold and silver. American Hartford Gold has a five-star rating from thousands of reviews and an A-plus ranking from the Better Business Bureau. And if you give them a call today, folks, they will give you up to $5,000 of free silver purchase dependent. So call them at this number, 866-353-2626. Nine four or easier yet, you can text right. That's my last name, W R I G H T, to this number six five five three two. Again, text right to six five five three two or call toll free at eight six six three five three two six nine four. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Folks, if there were ever a product that you should consider, man, this is it. Jace Medical. They provide an emergency supply of prescriptions and antibiotics. And here's why you should consider them. As listeners know, I have spoken about how China and India control most of our prescription drugs, including antibiotics. Well, what happens if a war should break out over, say, Taiwan or maybe a pandemic again? Well, we all know what happens. Our supplies of critical products get interrupted. And that is not acceptable if your life depends on it. So that is why I am proud to tell you about jacemedical.com. And here's how it works. You fill out a simple form at jasemedical.com. Then you speak with a board-certified physician. And within days, your order arrives at your home for emergency use. And I'll tell you, this is not for casual use, folks. Talk to your normal doctors for sniffles and such. This is for emergency use with potency lasting for years should the worst ever come. So, friends, go to jacemedical.com. Enter promo code RIGHT, that is W-R-I-G-H-T, and you will get a discounted order. Again, that is promo code RIGHT at jasemedical.com. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with a pivot towards domestic news. And we return to the issue of illegal migration this morning with thousands of illegals crossing the border into this country, 10,000 a day. 
At least that's according to Mexico's president who said that yesterday. Indeed, he offered that 4,000 of the 10,000 come from Mexico and 6,000 come from all around the world. And those numbers are up from even just two weeks ago when the Biden administration confirmed that we have a new record. 260,000 illegal migrants crossed the border last month. That broke Mr. Biden's last record that he set back in December of 2022. About uh, 253,000 illegals crossed in that month. So interestingly, the LA Times recently traveled to the border to interview some of these migrants. And and they did so in part to answer the question of whether or not these illegals are in fact asylum seekers because they're claiming it. Well, as I shared with you all previously, data from the Kaiser Family Foundation or KFF and the United Nations have both suggested that no, these folks are largely not asylum seekers. Rather, they are just pretending to be. Indeed, they say they are persecuted, but really, they just want to come to America to get jobs. And that does not qualify for asylum. So as the LA Times went to the border, here's what they found. Quote, though most of the migrants claim asylum, nearly all of those interviewed near the border cited economic opportunity, not political persecution, as their motivation for coming, end quote. The migrants added to the LA Times that word is being spread on social media and otherwise that if you try to cross the border with kids or just pretend those kids are yours, it's easier to get into the U.S. and to be released quickly. And so that is exactly what is happening. In August, U.S. Border Patrol agents took into custody about 93,000 migrants who were claiming that they were traveling as families, And that number is the most ever recorded. Well, as the U.S. border has, shall we say, fallen, those migrants, well, they got to go somewhere once they get here. And they are. Los Angeles got their 20th bus of illegal migrants from the state of Texas just yesterday. That, of course, was organized by its governor, Greg Abbott. Another 27 buses arrived in Chicago over the past weekend. There are also more buses heading to Denver, too. The mayor of that sanctuary city is now warning that the city's services are being pressed to the max. Finally, we've got the New Mexican city of Albuquerque. They are getting hit with a series of buses this morning, although the buses are not just being sent by this Governor Greg Abbott. Democrat-run cities like El Paso, they are shipping these migrants out of their towns, too. Speaking of cities, one final one to mention uh, to you this morning. New York City, hospitals there shared with NBC News that the illegals are overwhelming their capacity to care for all folks in New York City with 25% uh, of patients in their systems now being illegal migrants. So those are the latest facts and data coming to us this morning on what is America's collapsed southern border. Let me now pivot briefly to my analysis and opinion, folks. So I'll be speaking more about this later this week, but I'll tell you, if we really wanted to solve this crisis and do it relatively quickly, we could. And it it would involve squeezing Mexico, right? Cutting off the illegals at their southern border from, say, Guatemala and the rest and prevent those folks from coming up north. So to do that, here's what you'd have to do. First, you could tax remittances, right? Those, of course, are cash transfers from Mexicans who are working in the U.S. and and sending their cash home. And you could tax that at a pretty remarkable rate, 30, 50, 80 percent. And that would get Mexico's attention, in part because that country deeply relies on that money, around four to five percent of its total economy or 60 billion dollars. Second, we could restrict or block flights from Mexico, or I should say from the U.S. to Mexico. In other words, we could cut off the tourists 
And those are very important to, to the government of Mexico. They account for about 7 to 8% of that country's economy. Finally, we could shut down the roads and the rail lines between our nations. In other words, our trade. And that accounts for about $700 billion in both directions. Now, perhaps you, you choose to do each of these three steps in different phases or in different responses. Maybe you, you hit tourism first to just to get the president of Mexico's attention. Then if he doesn't do anything, you tax remittances. And then you start shutting down roads and rail lines. And at some point along the way, here is what I believe, talking to folks who understand this issue quite well, here's what they think will happen. Mexico's leftist president, who is named Mr. Lopez Obrador, he will blink. And that is because he financially has to. It would crush his economy, frankly, into a recession. And that, folks, is how a president could deal with this relatively quickly, although to be very clear and to be very fair, it would come with costs. The U.S. economy and our pocketbooks would probably take an initial hit because we import a lot of our stuff from Mexico, from cars to fruit. But the point is, we we do have leverage. And if we wanted to use it, we certainly could. But until we do, we are going to see more record numbers and, frankly, more chaos from Texas to Colorado to those hospitals of New York City. Finally, an update for you this morning about news that I shared with you last Wednesday about a sudden spike in fuel prices, and it started over the summer. Well, unfortunately, those spikes might get worse, and I want to put this on your radars, especially if you are a farmer or a rancher or a long-haul truck driver. So over the next six months, U.S. oil refineries are conducting their annual maintenance, which is good, but there are so many doing it at one point in time that analysts forecast that it's going to knock out over 2.5 million barrels a day of capacity. And that is about 11% higher than normal. And that's bad. Right? That means less supply. But it's especially bad based on last Wednesday's news out of Saudi Arabia and Russia. To refresh our memories, those countries are cutting back on oil production and the export of refined products, things like diesel, In other words, supply is tight for traditional energy, and it's about to get a little bit tighter with all these maintenance things happening down in places like Louisiana and Texas. Now, I should note that the actual amounts that we are going to lose, these millions of barrels, it could be a touch lower or higher than the analysts are predicting. Of course, that depends on if more maintenance work happens to be added or there are some unplanned shutdowns due to things like fires or power glitches and storms and the like. So let's keep this on our radars. And I'm going to be watching for how these prices are moving over the next couple of months to, to, to help you stay ahead of any big price hikes, you know, to, to help us keep a little bit more coin in our wallets. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It is a series of listener questions all about the transition of this podcast to a paid subscriber model that I told you about yesterday. So just to refresh our memories in case you missed the episode, I am encouraging folks to go to rightreport.substack.com and sign up for a paid subscription to get your daily news. Otherwise, there will only be one free day of content on Mondays on major podcast platforms. And boy, I tell you, I got a lot of emails and feedback about this, as I expected. Mostly was good, some negative, and tons of questions. And three questions in particular that kept popping up. Well, I wanted to share them with you and help give you some answers to clarify some things. So first, some listeners are saying to me, Brian, is it at all possible 
to subscribe, yes, but not to listen on Substack because I like listening on Apple or my favorite podcast player like Pocket Cast. And the answer, folks, is yes, you can. So here's how it works. You become a paid subscriber on Substack, and then I will give you something that is called an RSS feed. And it's pretty darn easy to use. You just cut and paste that into Apple or your favorite podcast player, and away you go. So here's what I'm going to do to help facilitate that process for the folks who are asking about this. So starting tomorrow, when listeners sign up as a paid member on Substack, I'm going to include in the welcome email instructions on how to do this, to use this RSS feed. So if that is something that you are interested in, right, sign up starting tomorrow on Wednesday. Or in the meantime, if you have any questions as ever, you can email me at help at brianwright.com. Again, that's help at B-R-Y-A-N-W-R-I-G-H-T.com. And I'll help you. All right, so that was the first big question. Here's the second one. Brian, can I get a free subscription on Substack? You know, just for a couple of weeks to kick the tires on this idea. And the answer is, yeah, let's do it. So go to writereport.substack.com, sign up for a free account, and I'll go ahead and make each day's podcast free for everybody for the next two weeks. So sign up and start kicking. Finally, a really awesome set of emails from people who said this, Brian, I think you're making a mistake. By moving to a subscriber-only or subscriber-mostly option, you are really limiting your reach, and that is going to hurt you and your podcast, and your ability to speak to people that you, well, should be reaching. They need to hear your message. And first of all, I'm honored that y'all think that uh, more folks should should listen. And second, I'm with you. It, it was and is a big fear of mine, this limited reach. So this is what I intend to do to address or fix that. Again, first, to, to confirm, each Monday will still be free on all major podcast platforms, the full episode. Second, Tuesday through Friday, those days will have probably one or two minutes of content, a bit of a tease to let folks know what we are covering and how to sign up. And third, if there are any new folks who discover me or the podcast and they want to learn more, listen more, well, they are going to get two weeks of a free subscription. You just got to sign up on Substack. So all in all, I am dedicated, ladies and gentlemen, to making sure that I can keep reaching more people because it's important. Because ultimately, it is why I do this podcast, right? My goal, why I started this last February and into March and April, as I was preparing and then launching, is really focused on this, to take people across America and around the world to help us all understand why we should care about the things that, well, sometimes we we see them or hear about them, but we just dismiss them. And I love helping us answer the question uh, as to why we shouldn't do that. And that ultimately is this. So what? Why should I care about that strange place or that odd story? Right? I help folks help you know understand why we ought to care about that stuff. And it's a lot of fun. It's what I love to do. And, and I hope that my love for that comes across to you all each day because I sure mean it. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.